Hello and welcome to Down to Earth, a podcast created by the environmental charity Hubbub. This season is all about fashion, because would you believe it, the fashion industry produces 10% of all carbon emissions and clothing production has roughly doubled since 2000. Alongside that, one garbage truck full of clothes is being burned or dumped in landfill every second. So we want to discover why we're buying so much and how our wardrobes impact the world around us. I'm Sarah Dival and I've been working in the environmental space for seven years, but I've always been a big shopper. I love fashion and I love new clothes, and however much I learn about what the fashion industry is up to, I still find fast fashion a hard habit to break. And I find it really difficult to know how to dress sustainably. I know I'm not alone in that feeling, so I want to bring you with me as we meet the designers, experts and changemakers who unpick why our wardrobes aren't working for us and for the planet. So I've been thinking a lot while we've been making this podcast about why we throw so many clothes away and why so many end up sitting in the back of our wardrobes, never worn. And I imagine some of it is because they're out of style, we just don't like them anymore but also a lot of it is probably because things don't quite fit right. So we want to get rid of them, like a dress that fits really well on the top, but not on the bottom or is too short or a jacket that's the right color, but the sleeves are too long or the shoulders are too wide. And at Hubbub, we want these clothes to have the life they deserve. And so we were wondering if there's a way that easy alterations, mending and making could help us all create a wardrobe where everything gets worn and everything fits us just how we like it. And my guest today is someone who might be able to help. Layla Sargent founded a platform called The Seam, which connects local makers to people who want to repair or alter their clothes. Hello, Layla. Hi. <laughs> could you introduce yourself to our listeners? So my name is Layla Sargent. Right now I'm here in uh, London, but I was born and raised in Birmingham. And as a child, spent many hours sitting next to my grandmother, who's been a professional dressmaker now for 65 years, watching her sewing, repairing, altering and making clothes. In our home, the kind of concept of circularity was pretty much inherent to everything that we did. We reused, we remade and repaired everything we owned, we cared for very carefully. And um, that was really the kind of main inspiration behind the scene, the business that I founded in 2020 um, and excited to share a little bit about the journey so far and kind of how the business is growing. So for people who haven't heard of The Seam, what is it that you do? The Seam is a new service that allows people to easily book repair and alteration services for the most loved items in their wardrobe. It's a simple business, uh, marketplace business model. On one side, we have customers wanting to have their clothing, footwear or bags repaired or restored. And then on the other side, we have a vast network of very talented, independent makers, each of them specializing in their own kind of very unique skills. We have tailoring experts, embroidery experts, denim experts, makers who specialize in leather repairs, uh, cobblers, sneaker cleaners and so on. The seam is essentially the technology conduit that kind of sits in the middle and uses smart matchmaking technology to match customers to makers, depending on what project they're booking. Um, the business is seeing a huge increase in demand. Um, we founded 
the business just three years ago and already by 2022 we had repaired our 10,000 item so what brought you into it so you said you know you're sitting watching your grandmother sew as a child how does that then turn into you deciding to turn it into something people can use Growing up, my nan shared with me many stories about how much fashion has changed during her lifetime. In the 60s and 70s, she worked in a department store where a whole shop floor was dedicated to tailoring and customers would uh, kind of have their garments altered to fit even before they'd left the store. And when the garments were damaged, they'd take them back to that store and have them repaired. Fashion has been circular in its nature for the majority of human history. It's only really recently that there's kind of been a word for it. Um, I was inspired by my grandmother's work from a very early age, but my professional career took me to other places, working in kind of different growth roles for technology companies, but always anchored by this idea of how can we use tech to bring people together. In 2019, I moved back to London after living in Germany and the States for many years. And I needed to find a tailor to help me care for a pair of, actually, it was just a pair of jeans. And frustratingly, I found it quite hard to find someone to do this. The tailoring industry was one of two very paradoxical worlds. On one side, you have kind of high street dry cleaners that felt quite budget and quite impersonal with very generalist skills. And then on the other side, there was kind of Savile Row tailors that felt very expensive and very exclusive. And neither option was really kind of what I was after. I wanted to work with somebody who had the specialist skills to care for my clothes, but at the same time needed a service that I could afford. So it was at that point that I realized the industry was in need of a kind of seismic reinvention. And at that point, I conceptualized and built the seam. Um, it seems like a distant memory now, but yeah, that was three years ago. I'm surprised actually that this kind of platform wasn't around earlier I guess we're seeing this kind of tech being used in other ways to make other services more convenient but this is the the first one that I've heard of certainly that's specifically about repair uh, which seems like something that would be so useful every day I'm sure everyone at home has got like a coat sitting in the back of their wardrobe that they don't wear because it has a hole or you know shoes that need resolving or jumpers that need patching yeah that's definitely the case and based on what season it is um people have different requests so of course coming into summer now it's wedding season lots of people want their kind of outfits tailored to fit them um well we've just of course finished the kind of winter season so um for pretty much three or four months consistently our most book service is repairing woolen jumpers or woolen garments where the moths have been busy throughout summer mm. and, <laughs> and so yeah it always depends on uh, the, the demand kind of changes as the seasons pass I'm glad that you said that because that was actually what I was really nosy about is what what are people getting replaced and like what are the most common things that people come to are saying jumpers but is it um like higher end things that people getting repaired does it tend to be or is it across the board yeah that's a great question I mean we're still learning right we're still figuring out what items people are willing to spend money on having repaired and altered now um what we do know is that vintage items and items with significant uh sentimental value people are willing to spend money and invest time and energy resource into having them repaired and keeping them for longer. Um, 
with stuff that's kind of shop bought or um yeah perhaps less sentimental value we're still learning where on the kind of um I don't know, recommended retail value of items, um, what people deem worthy of kind of repairing. We have some brand partnerships with kind of luxury and premium retailers, whether that's Neto Porter, Mr. Porter. We've been working with lots of kind of uh, luxury brands for a while now. And of course, we know that um, repairing luxury items also helps other areas of the circular business kind of continuum so for example if you're purchasing an expensive item you have to look after it you have to care for it and repair it restore it if you're wanting to then rent it out or sell it later on you know I'm only going to be able to rent my dress x number of times if I'm repairing it and caring for it carefully um likewise I'm only going to get the highest value for reselling an item if I'm restoring it and repairing it when needs be so um we're still learning what it means but I think uh demand is definitely changing people are now repairing and altering clothes for more than just those that they care really kind of send that they have sentimental value yeah I think it's a really interesting one because there's definitely and the only thing that I've ever got repaired is a coat because <laughs> that I paid to get repaired. Everything else I would do myself. But actually, some of the clothes that I bought on High Street that I thought that I maybe wouldn't wear that long has become like the shirt that I wear that comes back out every summer and often needs like a seam sewing up or something like that. So I guess people might have an idea that only really high value items can be repaired, whereas actually anything that you wear all the time and that's a big part of your rotation is worth investing that much time in personal value not just kind of monetary value and I think um yeah this is definitely what we're seeing even our customers who bring kind of very expensive footwear or bags to be repaired they're also bringing high street brands t-shirts jerseys uh jackets um, to be repaired, not because they want to resell them or rent them, but really just because of that exact reason they wear them often. And um, yeah, almost like, why wouldn't they repair them, right? And this is going to take me back to a question that I thought that I was going to ask you at the start, but we, <laughs> I got carried away in our conversation. Um, but I'm interested in what you see as the actual environmental and social benefit of getting clothes repaired there is the kind of very obvious uh sustainable benefits of repairing clothes and keeping them in circularity for longer so what we do know is that extending the life cycle of a garment by just nine months decreases its carbon waste or decreases your carbon waste and water footprint by 20 to 30 percent for each garment so keeping items in circularity wearing them more caring for them better um helps us all on a really individual level to be more responsible in our approach on a kind of business level so working with brand partners and helping them to integrate alteration services for new clothes that they're selling or helping them to offer repair services to customers helps in a number of ways one of the big ones is reducing the um, negative climate impact that clothing returns have 
So um, helping kind of large retail businesses to offer a solution to return. So offering an alteration on a, on a garment as opposed to return um, really helps, again, all of us on a kind of perhaps on a, on a, on a higher level, on a business level, let's say, to reduce that, that kind of carbon, uh, carbon footprint. So what we do know as well is that poor fit, just on that, on the alterations, poor fit is cited as the number one reason for uh, clothing returns here in the UK. So anything that we can do to try and reduce that number is beneficial. I wanted to talk about whether you were talking about poor fit being the number one reason why people send things back and that being related to 60, 70 years ago, a lot of clothes might have been tailored to you and that would be quite normal that you bought something tailored um, and whether you think that our investment and the way that we value clothes has changed. Yeah, 100%. I think with the rise of resale and rental um, business models, this is definitely helping to change general perception and mindset around investment pieces or what it means to actually spend a lot of money on one item of clothing. Um, but also this idea of personalization, you know, I kind of hear this term quite often now, the fact that we're entering an era of hyper-personalization. Everybody wants to be super unique. And this is why vintage, uh, clothes have seen such a huge increase over the past few years is because everybody wants kind of, they don't want to be wearing off the shelf, uh, clothes anymore. And so I think, um, personalization looks perhaps a little bit different to how it did back in the 60s and 70s, the years that my grandmother kind of taught me about. But ultimately, the the same kind of foundation applies. Having items in our wardrobe that we have some connectivity to, that we have, that we care more for, um, is, is really the kind of bedrock of sustainability. And how do you think that we can get, I guess, through services like the scene, what you're trying to do is get people to place more value in their clothes. But is there a way that you think people can really extend the life of what's in your wardrobe? I found that the nine months stat quite shocking because actually if you think extending the life of one item by nine months is nothing in your lifetime. Yeah, I think general care and uh, care... And repair is is super important, whether that's how you wash your clothes, how you hang them, how you store them, repairing them when they get damaged rather than kind of packing them away and just leaving them in the wardrobe for another time. You know, if a button falls off, try and do it as soon as you can. Um, if a zipper is broken, really try and investigate how much it's going to cost and how accessible it is to repair place a zipper rather than replacing the whole jacket visible mending is becoming quite a kind of cool trend now as well you know typically it was always just invisible mending only people didn't want to show that their items had been repaired but actually now we're seeing a huge increase in requests for um visible mending whether that's kind of visible embroidery or patches or um some kind of cool upcycling where we're using different fabrics to bring them together um I would, I, I, yeah, I think mindset is definitely changing uh, when it comes to repair being cool and repair being sexy again, which of course is is good news um, for the industry. But yeah, I think in terms of caring for our wardrobes, general um, 
read the washing instructions, you know, fold your clothes carefully, hang them carefully. These types of things are all really important. You were talking about um, getting a zip prepared. It made me think of uh, companies like Patagonia who will make stuff with the intention of it being able to be repaired later down the line. So, you know, you can replace the zips, you can replace panels, you can patch things in different ways to make it last and whether you think that brands have a responsibility to design clothes that are easy to repair and designed to be repaired, remade, reworn. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, Patagonia, of course, are the kind of industry leaders when it comes to helping their customers to care for their clothes and promoting sustainable practices, right? And I think um, doing doing so and, and kind of taking that approach um, not only is great for the environment and all of the kind of sustainability metrics, but actually it keeps Patagonia customers loyal. It keeps Patagonia customers engaged and connected to the brand. Um, and this is the kind of future of retail, right? This era of just sell, 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 buy the item and then disappear. It's so outdated now and I think brands and retailers are definitely realizing that they need to do more around kind of engaging with their customer and keeping them engaged other than just kind of sending an email marketing campaign every couple of weeks promoting a new a new uh, collection something else on that I think the data um, side of things is perhaps something we should just touch on quite lightly I mean it's a very exciting area of the business here at the seam we have a kind of whole mountain of data around repairs and um and we have a kind of real understanding of what items people are repairing what zippers people are repairing what trousers people are hemming what dresses people are tapering and so on we're working on a kind of improving our, our uh, data sharing capabilities, let's say, whatever that means in layman terms. But um, we're figuring out how we can really use this data in, its most, in the most valuable way. So how can we feed that data back into brands, into the design process, and help them to design um, in better and more sustainable ways? So for example, sharing with them just exactly what zippers are breaking first, what trousers people are having uh, altered in length. And hopefully then brands are going to be kind of, well, we know that they already are starting to use that data um, in order to design in a more sustainable way. That's actually really interesting. You've got the insider knowledge of what actually people want to do rather than just brands deciding the things that people might end up getting repaired. And I love that you brought in actually talking about where we are as a society because it's come up in every conversation that we've had in this podcast that you can't really talk about sustainable fashion and fashion without talking about the rate of consumption and the society that we're living in and the the habits that we have at the moment which are to consume quite consistently throw things away quite consistently I know you said you can't force behavior change which I completely agree with but I wonder if you think that we're shifting to a potentially more measured level of consumption because people are starting to engage in services like yours and think about repair and think about where their clothes come from. 
Yeah, I mean, we we really cannot force behavioural change. Instead, we have to kind of guide it and leave it and lead it. Our approach at the seam is, I would say, driven largely by our understanding of the importance of connectivity. So back to my story about watching my nan tailor my clothes um, and repair stuff for me. Well, at that moment that she was kind of sewing or making each stitch, it allowed me to forge a kind of immediate um, connect connection with my clothes, right, which made me want to kind of very naturally then care for that item more, wash it more carefully, keep it for longer and wear it more. Um, when I kind of founded the seam, I knew that I needed to weave that energy exchange into the business somehow. So a couple of ways that we're doing it is number one, matching the customer to the maker directly. And the customer can converse with the maker, they can talk about different repair techniques and so on. Having that direct connection to your maker rather than just talking to another business front is for me a real kind of key way in which we're building that connect connectivity. Um, also, wherever possible, we're matching customers to makers who live locally to them. So in the case of an alteration service, for example, you have to meet with a maker who lives locally to you because you have to meet for a fitting. And I believe personally, and also the business proves this to be true, that connectivity with our items, whether it's fashion or whether it's stuff that we own in our home or anything at all, that that connection is the real foundation to sustainable and responsible behaviors. If we can have connected with something, we're so much more likely to care for it. It feels like you're bringing things right back down. You know, you've got this huge global system where an item of clothing can go through like a dozen pairs of hands in nine countries on four continents. And you're kind of bringing it all closer and closer to home and reconnecting us with the people who live near us who have those skills with our, you know, family ties through sentimental items. There's something really beautiful about community and fashion that I think is a link that's not made very often. Actually, what we wear every day has a huge impact on us and carries so many stories as to all the people who make it. It really does. If every time, I mean, I had my coat kind of repaired recently and every time I pick it up now and I can see the little moth hole repair in the sleeve, I think about the maker who who repaired it for me. And very naturally then I have an, a connection and empathy towards that repair and there's no way I'm going to ever kind of not care for that item, right? Because I think about the person who did it, who repaired it for me. So, yeah, for me, this is the key driver and why we're doing what we're doing, why we've built the business in this way and what I believe to be the future of repair. So I have one final question to mm -hmm. ask you, which is something that we ask all of our guests, which is firstly, if the industry could do one thing tomorrow that you think would make the most impactful change for the environment, what would it be? And if you're somebody listening at home right now, what's one thing that they should do today to make their wardrobe more sustainable? Cool. Then I'll start with the first one. Um, in terms of the industry, I think together we should work on making um, services like the seam, but yes, much wider than that. Services that actually people want um, and the environment needs. Making these services more accessible. 
So whether that's by helping customers, um, by creating drop-off points in stores or at different points across the country so that they're able to um, kind of drop off their items for repair or whether that's making it kind of more accessible within the whole customer journey online or whether that's kind of offering um, lifetime kind of promises when you're selling an item. How are you going to help a customer care for that item throughout its life cycle? So working with brands and retailers, I mean, we're trying to instill the little bit of positive change that we can as a business. But I think as an industry, this is what we need to focus on is going back to basics and really understanding what do customers want um, and how can we make that more accessible for them? Um, and the second question, my want it would be have your clothes tailored to fit. It doesn't cost much. It will make you feel amazing. And very naturally, you will find that you're keeping your garments for so much longer and wearing them more and you want to care for them better. And trust me, when you've had a pair of trousers or a dress or a shirt tapered to fit you correctly, you will read the wash care label and you'll want to care care for it for longer. So this would be my one tip. Thank you so much for listening to my chat with Layla. If, like me, you have a big bag of clothes in your wardrobe that needs repairing, then let this be your sign to fix them. Whether you use a platform like The Seam, go to your local dry cleaners, or try and mend at home. Altering your clothes to fit and repairing them when they need it is a surefire way to make sure your clothes last longer and to save you money in the long run. If you've been inspired to make a change, or if you're already making one, we would love to hear about it. You can find me on my email, sarah at hubup.org.uk, or you can find us on all the usual socials. And if you're quick enough, we might even read it out on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was presented by me, Sarah Dival, created by Hubbub and produced by Ellie J.